If you'd like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and it's time to get lost in the land. right you my faithful listener or listeners <laughs> uh whomever you are you have once again made it here for another fine thursday afternoon on radio free brooklyn it is just after 3 p.m here on the east coast and my name is ilan danziker bringing you another installment of lost and rewound from the lair as always out in puppy and baby land that is park slope brooklyn Thank you for riding down the streaming airwaves with me for this go-around. I'll be solo-zooming with this week's special guest in just a few, but before we get to that, uh, a brief reminder why we are gathered here today. In our past, we may or may not have recorded ourselves on video or audio. Perhaps those recordings were never heard from again. Perhaps never heard at all. Show me what you got. Lost and Rewound at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. It is the fundamental goal every week to blow open the sarcophagus and bring back your old audio to life.
Lindsay Rubin is a singer-songwriter who serves as the vocalist, head writer, and guitarist for Hudson Valley-based trio Amity. The group just released their new single, Clover, on all relevant platforms, including Bandcamp and Spotify. Zooming in from my proverbial backyard from back in the day, Kingston, New York, for her second time on Radio Free Brooklyn. Welcome to Lost and Rewound, and welcome back to Radio Free Brooklyn, Lindsay Rubin. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It is a delight to have you. Uh, <laughs> I uh, gotta say, it's nice to uh, be connecting with Hudson Valley musicians that uh, I previously uh, was not aware of. Uh, how long have you been living in the Hudson Valley for? Ooh, my whole life. Where are you from originally? I'm from Westchester, but by way of the Bronx. So grew up in the Bronx and then moved to Westchester and then kept moving up as I kept getting older. So now I'm in Kingston. Who knows? Maybe Albany one day? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you'll be in Greene County and then uh, you'll find yourself with a cabin on the lake or even one of the Finger Lakes. Who knows? Maybe you'll move <laughs> west. Uh, you were on Radio Free Brooklyn. I, I can't uh, continue on without addressing that because I uh, was perusing through the Instagram and I saw that you uh, were on a couple years ago through a thing called Micro Sessions uh, and you got to perform in the studio at 100 Bogart for Brooklyn Bandstand. Yeah, that was um, very anxiety-inducing, but fun. This was an unusual gig. I think that I usually have gigs where I can have a beer, and this was in the afternoon, and I wasn't really comfortable with that. So, sure. Yeah, I think I had a show that night, actually. So I did get my beer eventually. Very good. Do you enjoy being the audience as much as you enjoy performing? No. I don't enjoy being in the audience. <laughs> um, I like seeing bands that I like. And sometimes I feel like I can laugh hysterically to the point of crying if they're like amazing. Yeah, I feel like I have a lot of social anxiety. <laughs> so being sure. in larger crowds is kind of anxiety inducing. But I will say, I saw of Montreal, the last show that I saw before the Rona, before the times ended. And I had the best time ever. I went alone, which is key. Man, what a great band to see live. Where was that? That was in Albany. I uh, had some alcoholic beverages and some enjoyment going on um, in the way of some other stuff. <laughs> so I really enjoyed the show. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty crazy. I like walked out and it was, you know how it is up here, like snowing, like super hard. And it was freezing cold because we're talking like you know January and I just was crying so hard that my tears were like freezing my cheeks um oh, they're just that. becoming like instantly cold uh yeah holy crap can you think back to one of the first times you remember seeing a group that brought you to that emotional place mm, I've seen so many good shows I think the Punch Brothers which is not really like the genre I play now, but you know, when we do listen, I do love bluegrass stuff. And to me, they're kind of like a pop band who does bluegrass stuff. <laughs> um, but watching them play, I think I've seen them probably like over a dozen times at this point. And they are one of the first people who I like really followed. Like Chris Thiele, I've been following him for a while. Holy crap, like the musicianship and just like, the notes he chooses and the chords that he uses and all of the harmonies and everything, it's overwhelming. Do you recall going to bluegrass even before you started following specific bands? Yeah. I mean, I always kind of liked 
that style of music. My mom is a folk musician. Oh, nice. So, yeah. So, <laughs> I yeah, so you were raised of, with it. A little bit. Yeah. So kind of like dragged around to a lot of open mics and weird shit when I was a kid. And I think, you know, half of the time I really liked it and half the time I was like, I just want to be doing whatever else, but some of it seeped in. <laughs> your father is also in music or is no, was your mother? No. My mother and my stepfather play together. Okay. And my father is a chef, but not A different kind of art. Kind. Ah, no, but make, making more music, <laughs> but in the kitchen, you see. Um, exactly. Um, my other favorite art. <laughs> sure. I got like a cheap, you know, like $50 guitar some year and... My mom doesn't know how to read music. So I just kind of thought that the way to play was to make it up. I had no training. And I think lessons are kind of something I, maybe if I showed more interest, I would have been given them. Maybe cost was an issue. I'm not really sure why, but it wasn't something that I had. And I just played guitar and like made up chords and my stepfather is an incredible guitar player and I kind of realized that I wanted to be more like studied I guess. I was writing songs I was in like a punk band in high school um, and I think I was kind of like fuck folk music I don't want to be my mother I don't know Um, and so like started a punk band and then I went to college and I had really really bad grades because I couldn't give a fuck about anything and I was either going to like go to a community college or see if I could get into some state school. And I applied to purchase with like my sad poems and some like memoir shit and got into their creative writing program, which luckily was not based on GPA. <laughs> and then wow, that's great. when I got in, I was like, oh shit, I really want to do music. They have a conservatory and I knew like I needed to learn a lot in a year in order to apply. I dropped all the creative writing classes and just took all gen eds and then practiced like every day all the basic, basic shit of like music theory. And I was awful. And then applied and got in the second year I was at Purchase, which was really cool. You set out a goal and you achieved it. That was the only time. (laughs) Let's talk about this punk band. What was the name of the Mm. punk band? No, I can't. It's no, you Monty's can't. That's demise. a punk ass name. No. It was Monty's demise. Um, I was like, I no, it. I can't. It's, it's so bad. The cringiest recordings that exist on this planet are my first punk band. Okay. Well, why the fuck didn't she provide that to me them. this week? I don't okay. have. I wish. I wish. I wish. Where, who would have them? I mean, I'm not, not saying like call this person up right now, but you know, if you're going to talk about the fact that they exist, I want to know. Who has them and I don't, uh, the re- truly don't know. We really didn't record because that wasn't like mm-hmm. a thing. No, that when was too. We were that, younger. That wasn't punk rock <laughs> enough. You couldn't record. You just had to play. Yeah, and there wasn't like the means to do it. If you were to record, how would you? You wouldn't. I had a tape player. You would record it on a cassette tape. Yes, it was real bad. Is it the the music itself that you just found yourself resenting more than anything? Yeah, so the music was incredible. I sang and I wrote all the songs and mm-hmm. I played guitar. So same okay. shit. But I didn't know how to play guitar yet. And I didn't know how to sing very well. And the lyrics were awful. 
Give me some yeah. samples. Oof, I really don't remember, man. I wish. Um, but was there a, a chorus? Anything? Sure. Uh, there was a couple. <laughs> no, I, don't, <laughs> I don't have i can't remember but like literally there was a bridge was too then i suppose no there's a couple you know one or two and i would say that the you know we would like play about all the bands or whatever i was such a dick we were two girls two boys so if we lost it couldn't possibly be because our music's bad it was because everyone's a sexist piece of shit and i have to yell at everybody <laughs> so basically i don't want to think about that whole decade. you know, a pretty serious record situation in my apartment. Talk about the serious record situation. Is it seriously out of hand? No, I am a very um, less is more type of person when it comes to owning things. But mm -hmm. if I own them, I want them to be exactly what I want, especially when it comes to music shit and yeah. gear and all of that. So I have a 1970s pioneer, really amazing little record player. You grew up with a record player in the household. I did not. So my dad had one when I was a little bit older, but it wasn't like something I had when, you know, until I was like a teenager. I remember just being like super stoked on how it looked and how it felt. Like I loved the feeling of being able to turn to like knobs and all this stuff. Like just as a kid, I liked the aesthetic of them. Um, but my parents split and my dad took me for some of the time and going to my dad's house was a little bit of a escape for me. I loved everything that he owned. Like I didn't necessarily know that it was cool or why, but like, I remember when I moved to my own apartment for the first time, I got like a coffee pot and I was like, it's like my daddy's like all this shit. That's like, so <laughs> like fucking random, but I got the same record player that he had because oh, okay. I just like, well, the same, like, you know, mine's better. Um, <coughs> but <laughs> but sorry, Dad. I, <laughs> sorry, I know it's like a weird, uh, I'm in therapy. It's fine. Same here. It's all good. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> what's up? We need um, it. <laughs> desperately. Um, but, uh, yeah. So it's like something that like makes me feel really comfortable, like in a weird, not entirely musical way. <laughs> what artists, uh, do you recall being, at your dad's when you would go over yeah he like got me my first cds ever when i was like 11 elvis costello and um the ramones and violent femmes and like all this shit oh, oh my heart yes <laughs> yeah. that's the yeah. shit right there yeah mm. he's got good taste <laughs> okay we heard how you got from there to now here in so much as now doing the music with amity how did you come up with the name? <laughs> it's a reference from Elliot Smith's song. I, My... I knew it. I was, banking, <laughs> I was banking on the Elliot Smith connection because that's one of my favorite albums from high school, XO. Oh, yes. Such a good album. It's one of my favorite songs. And it's like the kind of thing where I put that song on to show people that it's not all ballad shit. I have so many people in my life who are like fantastic musicians, but are like, I, I want to give Elliot Smith a try, but he's kind of a bummer. And I'm like, 
listen, <laughs> listen to this, listen to this. And then I play, like I'll play Amity or I'll play, you know, something else that's like more upbeat. And they're like, holy fuck, harmonies, melodies, lyrics, chord progressions. Explain a little bit behind how you came to meet up with your bandmates, Lee and Mike, I believe, right? Yeah, Mike is someone I met at Purchase. He's also an incredible songwriter and he has his own project called M. Roosevelt that's like unreal, fantastic. He's an incredible guitar player and drummer. But in my band, he's an incredible bassist <laughs> and he sings Wonderful. harmonies. Yeah, he's a beautiful voice and um, he's a really good friend of mine. And I absolutely like having him in my little group. I think he's got like an amazing ear for melodic bass lines that is pretty incredible and um mike thought lee might be a drummer and we were like let's try it out and she came and just hit it off and she's like freaking um incredible drummer amazing person and i just feel really blessed and lucky hashtag blessed the atheistic version you have a new single out and yeah. uh we want to get to that because it's an amazing song that should definitely be heard i got a chance to actually listen to it earlier this week and it's a lot grungier than i was uh anticipating yeah yeah i'm getting that teenage angst out now good <laughs> no that's good yeah yeah i mean our the band stuff is definitely more grungy i like to say faux shoegaze you know faux shoegaze i don't think it's shoegaze but I like faux to pretend, and I say it's a faux sh- shoegaze. Faux show gaze? Faux show gaze. <sighs> I don't yeah. know. Tell us a little bit about the conception of Clover and how that came to be. Everything's made up of the same stuff. We don't really know if this is reality. Your actions are born of like your ideas, so make it count, I suppose. It's a metaphor thing, too. Like There's some other shit. I'm not going to go into it because... Sounds really lame, but lyrics are better when you just hear them, no? <laughs> You're absolutely right. As fresh as fresh can be. Brand spanking new music from Amity, song Clover, <laughs> the new single available to be heard on all relevant platforms. We're playing it right now on RFB.
from the group Amity that was the song Clover, a uh, new song of which is uh, quite excellent, if I may say so myself. Um, thank you. No, thank you for uh, making that. <laughs> Seems like you guys haven't made an album, but you guys have like a string of singles. Yeah, well, there's three songs that are going to be on the album. You're working on the new album. Yeah, it's just been a long process. And now we're, you know, doing it in quarantine. We recorded Clover completely in quarantine. And then I was like, oh, it can work. Yeah. So we're going to do it and it's going to be fine. Yeah, I mixed it myself. Um, that was new for me and it was really fun and sometimes frustrating, but mostly fun. <laughs> Were you intending on releasing an album even before the pandemic began? It was supposed to be before. We were like recording uh, in Beacon and I, we still practice there. My bandmates live there still. And yeah, we were like recording in the Cassandra studio with our friend Rob Kistner. I felt always like I couldn't, or maybe I didn't have the skill level or I didn't trust myself enough um, to like record myself really or mix myself. And I like couldn't fathom mastering, like that's an art onto itself. And uh, so I sent it to Sarah Register and she thankfully um, mastered it and she did uh, like Big Thief and the shins and stuff, so. yeah. Feeling like a worthy win. Hang in there, partner. I got more with Lindsay Rubin right after this quick word. This is Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Stay with us. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Every dollar helps us stay on the air. Support independent community media by pledging whatever you can. All contributions are tax-deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Please support with a monthly pledge or one-time donation at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. We are joined. I am joined. I'm here solo. I'm rocking it out uh, from the (laughs) lair and chatting with Lindsay Rubin from the group Amity, a.k.a. L.E. Rubin in another lifetime. <laughs> this is the segue in how we get to talking about songs of the old. Um, oh Lindsay yeah. or L.E. First of oh, all, what, is the, what, what, what does the E stand for? Eva. Lindsay Eva Rubin. Yeah. Who was, who was Eva? My great-grandmother. Gram- your great-grandmother was Eva? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next thing you're going to tell me is that your birthday is in December. I mean, Jesus, like my no. grandmother was named Eva. Really? That's right. Are you a Russian Jew by any chance? Um, guilty as charged. <gasps> or Polish Jew? Polish Russian? Oh, I don't hi. know. Oh. <laughs> yes. We yes. are we oh. are from the we we may just have crossed paths sometime <laughs> in a past uh uh Gestapo. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, some type of pogrom. You know, sure. Sort. Um, okay. okay. <laughs> uh, Lindsay Eva Rubin, if that is your real name, how the hell did you get your album King for a While on allmusic.com? That's, that's no um, easy feat. Is it? I think I just did CD Baby back in the day. Do you remember CD Baby? That was like the uh, only option. I know of it. Re- refresh my memory. It was the type of thing where if you wanted to get your shit on a CD or like distributed, you had to like get a code that was like something that said, this is being sold. So to get that special code, you had to buy your way into the music industry by getting a CD baby, which was like an overpriced program 
that you paid money to and then like helped you distribute your shit. And I shit you not, like I used to hand press CDs that they send me. It was a time. I mean, you know, the thousands. How many copies did you make? Maybe like a hundred. And you would sell these at your shows? Yep. And um, they were my junior and senior projects from college. (laughs) Oh my God. So this was a school project that made it on the largest index of albums on the internet at least at one time. Interesting. I didn't even know that. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I, I always synonymize. Look, I'll, I'll look it up on Wikipedia. I'm pretty sure. No kidding. I don't know. No. <laughs> I, 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 all don't music bother. for me is synonymous with if I have to look up information about an album. But this also is, you know, me as like a 38-year-old dude who's like, you know, on the internet in the uh, early aughts. And that yeah. was just what, where you went. Exactly. But this is a school project. Yeah. Back in the day um, at purchased they we had a studio composition which was like my major which was songwriting is kind of like a weird um i don't know uh fine major and then there's production kids and so we kind of like teamed up with them and they recorded us and uh, as a way to uh get our money's worth um in these like really nice studios that purchase had which was the best part of being there yeah so it was really fun and there's like an upright bassist who played on the first album named Clay Wilson, and he has his own music career now. He was like a jazz bassist. Like being in the conservatory had its benefits. Let's just say it like was networking gold. <laughs> yeah. We're going to listen okay. to a song of yours from this album. And it is <laughs> called Take This Ride. Shall we? Let's do it. As, as the song says, we shall take this ride. Take this ride. Words over time And let them fall To where we are now It's the timing Now you say Show me what it is Try to be still Keep your rocking Show me 
take yourself in this moment and look at what you are stop trying to think about it all your titles all your words scraping against the grain of the floor let me see you burn and you are far really good yeah i don't know there's so much i would do <laughs> well, okay let's start with that then um, uh, what would you do differently one thing you've had to pick one, one thing. thing use a fucking metronome i don't <laughs> <laughs> so, okay let me, all right um, perfect perfect okay continue that would be the first thing uh, yeah the first thing would be to get a fucking metronome the second thing would be um <laughs> to stop singing like all those indie hipster fucking Adele bitches like back in the day this was very popular do you remember <laughs> this was 2010 that you released this right yeah so okay. you remember like everyone was singing like huh like putting <laughs> it, it, i did it, that <laughs> you were saying that being offbeat uh was a little bit bothersome to you to hear back i, I thought it actually lent well to the sounds uh, of what I was listening to. There were times actually that it sounded a little bit like Phil Elvram from Microphones. There's like this really nice balance that you have in there uh, with all these offbeat rhythms and this dissonance and there's otherwise quiet moments. It was really nice. It was really refreshing to hear because I'm like hearing your beautiful voice and then I'm hearing like all this other shit that's going on and I'm like trying to focus and I'm being ADD and I'm like what am I focusing on here? That was like totally what I was going for. Like I loved that it was out of time then. 
but maybe it's because keeping time is kind of one of my harder things in music. Really? Yeah, I could never be a drummer. I mean, that's probably not true. I could practice and be drummer-ish, but my natural like rhythm makes me feel shame. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. It's funny because along with like having the confidence to mix this single, things like learning the drums feel maybe more possible because I really like did the self-doubt like deprecation shit for so long. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, like my partner at the time um, and musician pal, Dave McNamara played guitar and I was always just like, I just want to be like Dave Rawlings, like please just Dave Rawlings. And he was like a great drummer and he used to always tell me like, you need to practice to a metronome. Like you need to fucking practice to a metronome. And it took me like eight years to realize that I needed to practice to a fucking metronome. Shout out to Dave. You, you, you were on to something. Um. <laughs> My favorite thing of all time to this day, this is kind of funny because it was so weird, but now this is like something you would have fun listening to because it's like one of those oldie cringy things but um there's like a band that i really liked and dave was also in that band and they were like hey do you want to like come up and watch us record this in some like nice studio in connecticut and i was like fuck yeah like whatever we're in college so i followed them up there we're drinking beers and i was sitting next to the guy who was producing the album and i was just singing very quiet like a harmony part and he was like you should just sing it. And I was like, oh, okay. And I just like got to go into my first studio, like put fancy headphones on and like hear my voice really up close and like do the harmonies. I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. This is the best. That's really one of the things that set it off. I think so. Yeah. Being heard. Tell us about the track in where you are cringing as I begin to lead into it. When we leave. I don't remember what this sounds like, to be honest. You don't. Okay, <laughs> even better. So when you provided me these tracks, which, as it would turn out, are just about seven years old to the day, uh, you recorded these in early November of 2013. Where were you in that part of your life? Still at college at this point. I had just graduated. I moved back to the Bronx thinking I wanted to live there. Uh, and wanted to like be with my partner and whatever else. And I was working like three jobs literally to make like a $400 rent situation, living with like five other people. (laughs) And I was taking the train. I didn't like have a car or anything like that. Um, And going back to purchase during that summer leading up to now, recording with my friend who was still undergoing her undergrad at the time. That was kind of where that was right after graduation, I suppose. Let's dive into this. I really like to sing deep back in the day. I know we dream. We 
feel like hearing that i was thinking about probably like maybe listening to uh jeff tweedy i feel know? that i like some elliot smithy shit because i like to do like the alphabet town city like drum strumming thing back in the day what does that mean yeah that wasn't as bad for some reason i thought that it was going to be more me singing out of tune okay but it's not as bad as i remember yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's just boring. Like, it's not something I would do now, I guess. What about it to you made it feel boring? It's too slow. No, I still do slow stuff, but I think there's like a difference in songwriting, maybe a little bit where I used to really, really like focusing on like the little intricate guitar harmonizations. I just remember like kind of writing the leading tones in the guitar part when I was doing it and being like, it would be really cool if it was like a, a walk up, like do, 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 you know? And nowadays, I don't really write from like a melodic guitar place anymore because I don't really do finger picking. 
we have one more track to listen to. Um, that, that one was great. We, I really, I've enjoy, I mean, I've really been enjoying uh, both songs, old and new. Um, I, I'm curious as to uh, what we can expect from this last submission. Uh, the title of this one, Borrowed Home. I love that name. I wrote this in my head while waiting for the train in uh, Mount Vernon, so Westchester. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's a, a shorty. I think it's it's a pretty short song, but I always have a nice mixture of things that I wrote like offhand and then things that I actually wrote with my brain. So, you know, I thought I'd throw a, an offy one in there. There's no point to understand Life's a borrowed home for every man Alone we are ancient but in combination Something goes awry Growing more complacent all the time Smithy, I suppose, so that's why. You- <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, no, I'm glad you caught on what I was picking up there. Um, <laughs> and I tried to make the ooze sound like the train whistle in the song, and I was like, "Oh, I remember." Well executed. Okay. <laughs> that's a well-executed concept. I think I I literally like wrote them uh, in. I had like a little book, and I just wrote them down really quick. Like they came to me in a minute. So those are always the best. Do you normally? write down your songs as opposed to just like like do a voice memo just record it's like a bit of both yeah um the ones that come back quickly uh are usually lyric first and like a light melody you know or like Mm -hmm. i'll think of a guitar part i'll think of a vocal part or something and i'll just record it quick but um i would say like i get two songs that are zapped into my brain from the uh god who doesn't exist um about twice a year. <laughs> I'll be lucky enough to get two of those okay. a year and then everything else is like intentional. <laughs> what do you suppose would you be, be the main contributor to just going for it and releasing an album? Mm. Can I be honest, even though it's kind of depressing? Uh, <laughs> it's depressing to me. Um, I just turned 30. You know, mm-hmm. that's it. The first like 30 years of my life, I've been living in what is essentially a defense mechanism 
and I am now starting to live without it. And it's scary and sometimes hurts because I'm sad that it took so long to get here. But I'm also glad that it happened sooner rather than later at this point. And I just want to try for myself because I never thought that I deserved it. But I think I, I do now. Uh, quarantine's been weird, like really, you know, unprecedented, uh, whatever. But um, mostly it's been good for me because I think like sometimes anxious minds break down when they have like a lot of stuff they're supposed to be doing. So when I finally got the chance to like not have to be social or like not have to play shows or like not have to do this or that because I couldn't, I was like able to finally create something without it being like forced. I don't know how to explain this, but. No, I, I get it completely. Yeah, it was. You, you, there's, there's no outside forces that are uh, telling you what speed to go at. You're going at your own speed. For once, yeah, and it felt really good. <laughs> Uh, where could someone go uh, to uh, be uh, in touch with you, to follow you? Uh, I know you, you said uh, that uh, you uh, have the uh, band camp uh, for uh, your, your group as well as uh, Spotify. And uh, I know that you have a website as well uh, for Amity, Amity, A-M-E-S, AmityAmes.com. And then you have a music video for the, uh, for the new single Clover coming out. Oh, yeah. It's or is it out already? It's out. It's out. It, the music um, video is out. Yeah, it's on YouTube. I don't know if it's really a true to form music video, but it was something that I wanted to try my hand at. Uh, so I did it and it's kind of weird, but I kind of like it. Um, so if you want to see what Kingston's about in the fall, uh, go check out the music video. But um, yeah, if you could follow me on Instagram, if you like that sort of thing. Um, Amity Ames, A-M-E-S, um, is our like, you know, main social media situation just because uh, I'm, I think I'm a little too old for Twitter, but follow uh, me on Instagram. We're looking at cat pictures over here. We're looking at some guitar pictures. We're doing some other shit. Come over to the Instagram. You can only like things. <laughs> comment a little. It's very, it's easy. And yeah, if you could follow us on Spotify, it would help me immensely <laughs> and i'd greatly appreciate it and if you made it all the way to the end i mean fuck thank you for listening <laughs> and of course uh if you uh go to Bandcamp, uh you could uh for just a dollar purchase uh any one of these songs you have a song up that's a cover of a uh, roy oberson song crying and it's a, a really wonderful rendition i if you don't mind actually uh to play us out i want to play that track yeah and that one's free so uh is that that one's free it's free, free. Go for it. Go um, if you like, you know. Crazy, go nuts. Go if you like to download things. You like clicking that download button. Go on, go do it. Lindsay Rubin, our <laughs> guest this week on Lost and Rebound, uh, representing Amity, representing Kingston, New York. Thanks for having me. If I ever make it up there and we ever get to meet in person, let's have a I beer. So yes, let's do it. I, I drink really bad beer, but you're welcome to join me. I, that that that's. <laughs> do, do not i will drink bad beer it's fine okay I, great it's the great. company not the beverages that e exactly night. Okay. <laughs> i was
City and run for either fun or exercise, here's a way to learn something about the city while you're getting in your workout. City Running Tours is now offering neighborhood running tours designed with locals in mind. New York City takes pride in the diversity and character of its neighborhoods, and these unique running tours offer an opportunity to learn the history of a neighborhood and get personal recommendations from your guide. Choose from tours of up to 23 neighborhoods, including the East Village, the Upper West Side, Long Island City, Roosevelt Island, and yes, even beautiful, beautiful Bushwick. For more information about these running tours, and to see a list of the neighborhoods and full tour schedule even, yes, check out their website for all of that at www.cityrunningtours.com slash newyorkcity. My thanks once again to Lindsay Rubin for being my brave and brilliant company for this hour. Be sure to check out all our past shows out 
on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash lostandrewound. And for 200 plus episodes dating all the way back to May of 2016, powered by the Megaphone Player, please visit our official HQ for all things LNR. That is radiofreebrooklyn.org slash LAR. This be episode 233, and who knows just what's in store for 234. In the meantime, my faithful listener, stay safe, healthy, focused, and informed, most importantly. Maybe then we'll all get through this year together, somehow. For Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn, from the lair, this is Elon signing out. Bye! has been canceled in my book because she did blackface what and, um, what I, I don't think i knew that oh i'm, all I'm of learning your something listeners, all of your listeners i want you to know that Joni mitchell did blackface she's fucking canceled she's never apologized for it she's harmful as fuck fuck her okay I'm whoa done.